A reading from the ninth chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning with the first verse. As Jesus walked along, He saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked Him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been formerly blind, Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes. Then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such a sign? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they, saw, until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son whom you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been born blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already and you would not listen. 
Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to be His disciples also? Then they reviled Him saying, You are His disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but He listens to one who worships Him and obeys His will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, Tell me, who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to Jesus, Surely we are not blind, are we? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, as I said to you when we began, I wonder how it is that a group of people, especially a group of religious leaders, a group of people who hold themselves up as faithful to God in all things, as lovers of God who do everything the right way, I wonder how in the world they could see this much mercy poured out on this man's life and find no joy in it. Zero joy. They're angry about it. How in the world could they respond to this with every possible emotion except joy? Perhaps they simply did not believe that God is merciful. Or maybe, maybe they're convinced that God can only be merciful in ways that they expect that confine to their thinking and their rules about how it is that God's mercy shows up. And it seems to me that their objections are basically twofold. Number one, that God would not heal some man on the Sabbath, that God would not work on the day of rest. And number two, that God would not use one sinner to give another sinner mercy. Because as soon as Jesus made mud on the Sabbath, in their eyes, He was a sinner. Once when Jesus' disciples were plucking heads of grain on the Sabbath day as they walked through a field hungry, the Pharisees cried out against it. These same religious leaders, and they criticized Jesus and His disciples and said to Jesus, why do they do that? And Jesus said to them, a very important thing for us to hear, that the Sabbath was made for us that we were not made for the Sabbath. That the day of rest is a mercy to us. 
The Sabbath, the day of rest, was given to us as mercy. So how is it the Pharisees would not think that God would choose that day to be merciful? And then maybe that's too strong of a criticize of them. But it does seem that they were really angry that Jesus paused to make mud on the Sabbath and did that kind of work. And because of that, they could see no joy in what had happened to the man. A man who his whole life was unable to see, was suddenly able to see. And we know from people who have recovered sight that seeing isn't just about being able to gather light to your brain. It's about interpreting everything that you see. About understanding depth and understanding position and understanding everything you see for the first time in your life. And because of their convictions, they couldn't see the joy. And the apparent assumption was that the man was born blind as a punishment for sin. But Jesus says not so. He says that the man was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. And I think particularly God's mercy. So that God's mercy could be seen in this man's life. Verse 1 said, as Jesus walked along, he saw. He saw a man that everyone else had learned to ignore. That everyone else had learned to pass by. That everyone else had learned not to mess with, not to deal with. That he was just a problem. He was going to be an inconvenience. He was going to be a burden on them. Somebody they might end up having to take care of. Ignore him. Don't look at him. Don't roll down your window and help him. They all assumed that it was his fault. That he was the way he was. Either his fault or his parents. Someone committed some sin. And now he was being punished for it. But Jesus saw him. And Jesus knew his struggle. And Jesus gave him mercy. And if we hear that, why would we ever assume... Why would we ever assume that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are oblivious to our need for mercy? Why would we assume that Jesus is oblivious to our struggles, that He doesn't see our struggles, our blindness, and our hurts? Why would we assume that Jesus doesn't care about us the way He cared about the blind man? Is God now on the outside of this world looking in? Unable to respond? Is God like those annoying announcers on a National Geographic channel that just watch the cheetah eat the baby gazelle instead of stopping it? Is that how God works in the world? Does God watch as sin and death and struggle consume us? Is the Father apathetic to our hurts? Or does the Father's mercy meet us in those hurts the way Jesus met this man? What is your experience, dear one? Does God know your struggle? How would you answer those questions? Can we echo Paul's words from Romans 5 and and say that, that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ? That through Him we've attained access to the grace in which we now stand, even in the midst of our struggles, even in the midst of difficulty of life, we can stand because of the grace of God. 
that we can boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God? Can we say that we stand in the grace and hope that God's glory will be revealed in our difficulties and in our struggles? Even while we're mired in sorrow, afflicted by pain, while we're torn by temptations, distracted by all the drama in this world, besieged by our grief, can we join in boasting our suffering and knowing that that suffering, that that suffering God can use? The same way God used the suffering of a man born blind. Can we look at it and understand that our suffering produces endurance in us? And that that endurance will produce character. And that that character will produce hope. And that as Paul says, that hope will not disappoint us because the love of God is being poured into our hearts even as we suffer. And that might be the most important thing that that bond man experienced that day was God's love for him in the face of Jesus of Nazareth. And knowing that God's love was being poured out into his life as Jesus wiped mud on his eyes. In the midst of our suffering, will we assume like other people that we deserve it? That God is punishing us for something that we've done? Or will we stand in the grace, mercy, and hope of God's love? It was while we were weak that Christ died for us. While we were sinners, it was while we were weak that God's greatest mercy and love met us in our suffering in the birth, life, death, suffering and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was while we were weak, while we were broken, while we were yielded to sin that Christ came to be merciful for us. Can we trust the risen Christ to meet us in our suffering the same way that He met this man, the man born blind? Can we trust Jesus to walk into our suffering, to redeem our suffering, so that our life, our whole life, can be for the glory of God? John writes to us, And Jesus walked along. He saw a man blind from birth. So I ask you, dear one, does Jesus see you? Does Jesus see your hurts? Does Jesus see your brokenness? Does Jesus see your struggle? His disciples asked Him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Do we assume that our suffering is merely some vengeful divine punishment? That it's an end unto itself, that it cannot be redeemed, that it cannot be used for God's glory, or dare we trust that these words of Christ are true for us? Because Jesus told them, when they said, who sinned, this man or his parents? Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. Dare we trust that God's works might be revealed in the difficulties of our lives? Can we hope that God might use our hurts, our pains, and our suffering so that we can witness to the love, the faithfulness, the goodness, and the mercy of God? 
Dare we hope that our suffering, like that of the blind man, and our Lord Jesus' suffering, dare we hope that like those, our suffering will be for the glory of God? Can we boast in our suffering as witnesses to the hope that lives in us? Throughout my ministry, I have seen people go through horrible things and I have heard people around them saying, I don't know how he or she does it. And the answer has always been faith. And God has been glorified in those moments. Can we trust that God will be glorified in our suffering? Or we have a choice. We can receive suffering with a hard heart. And we can assume it's brought on us because we deserve it or because God is mean or picking on us. Why is this happening to me, Lord? We can act like our God is not a God who does mercy, but a God who does evil and hurtful things to people to piddle with their lives and make fun of them to get His will and His desires. We can join in that chorus of dissenting Pharisees And be more concerned, be more concerned about apparent righteousness, about doing the right thing on the right day, than we are about celebrating God's mercy. Because the whole thing would have been different if they would have just been happy that a blind man could see. We could join that chorus of people who refuse to celebrate the mercy of God Or, we could realize that the mercy shown to him bears witness to Jesus' identity, that he is the Son of God. That's what the man born blind acknowledged. He acknowledged that the mercy of God had walked into his life on a Sabbath morning, on a day of rest, and given him mercy. Giving him rest from his suffering. So, do we trust that the mercy of God might walk into the midst of our suffering? Or is our suffering too important for us and so important that we have to keep it for ourselves so that we can cause people to feel sorry for us? Dare we put our hope in the thought that God might walk into the midst of it and use it for God's glory? That our suffering might point our mind and our heart and our will toward God. Toward the one that makes things new. The shepherd who will lead us to places of rest. To springs of the water of life. The one who will wipe every tear from our eyes and make every suffering right. Dare we trust that that one can walk into the midst of our suffering and use it? Today we've heard of the Christ walking into the midst of a blind man's suffering and pointing to God. Dare we invite that risen Christ to walk into the mess of our lives and make it be for something good. Or, in a response that's more truthful, dare we acknowledge that Jesus is already there at work. 
that Jesus is already present when we suffer and hurt. Already making those things be for good. The man born blind was met by mercy. Dare we trust that we are as well. 